Welcome back, everybody, to another exciting week of uh, the Dad's Picking Daisies. Uh, I am Justin with your co-host, Trent. Trent, how are we doing today? Yeah, we're doing good. We're doing good. Just getting through um, the fifth birthday for the girls and going through that monster celebration. We got a big party this weekend. I think we got 30 kids. Oh, yeah. 30, 30 plus kids. kids. Yeah. Is that a is that a mix of um, neighborhood and school or family or what uh, what is that is that just yeah we're gonna have all yeah, all the like... family that's in town will be there um, and then we all the friends in the neighborhood as well as some of the class not the whole class uh, RSVP'd so uh, nice. figured we would do this one big since it's you know five and uh, they're yeah. they're spoiled rotten already so <laughs> keeping it consistent. We've got. Are we? Yeah. Uh, are we adding to the guinea pig family for their fifth birthday? Or heck no. <laughs> no. I got. I got like a sty or something from all the crying <laughs> and the sneezing and the coughing and everything that's been going on with these guinea pigs. I got to find a solution. Probably I think you need to do more. You need more. I'll I'll get them yeah, some more and more. then I'll find myself a new home. <laughs> uh, get a little guest house buy one of the other houses in the neighborhood yeah that's all i need is a 2-2 townhouse that's about three hundred thousand dollars overpriced um <laughs> perfect perfect lovely yeah great yeah so we've got a um rapunzel princess is coming tomorrow to do face paint uh okay and chelsea and her sister one of her sisters are going to do fairy hair where they take like the tinsel strings and tie them into the hair the base of the hair. Nice. Um, nice. And then I think Chelsea's mom and other sisters are doing um, like Manny Petty's kind of thing, like just painting nails. Okay. And then so I was going to say, is this an all girls party or boys too? What's so? Uh, because I know we've we've gotten uh, invited to some parties up here that are uh, strictly boy or strictly girl parties. Uh, so I think we have about 10 boys coming. Um, and I nice. did like. Um, what are they called? Crowns and shields and swords, so we can play like, what's his name? Ryder, Ryder Flynn from, uh, yeah, from uh, Tangled. From Tangled, yeah. Right. So we're gonna we're gonna decorate some shields, I think. Um, nice. And, and then probably you know get in a sword fight in the backyard. Perfect. Oh yeah, and there's Perfect. a bounce house coming. So, lovely. Um, yeah, Chelsea went all out for this one, and I am just gonna do everything I can to not have an anxiety attack. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. Sounds like a good Saturday. <laughs> how, how have you guys been? What's been going on with y'all? Uh, we've been good. Uh, had some snow, had some uh, bitter cold. So we were kind of uh, hunkered down for about four days over the weekend. And uh, kids finally went back to school on Wednesday, which was much needed. Uh, offices were kind of closed up here. Uh, it was falling negative 30 on uh, Sunday, or yeah, Sunday and Monday. So I uh, got another dusting of about two or three inches this morning. And, uh, yeah, but no, yeah, good, that, uh, good that the kids got back to school. Uh, they're going a little stir crazy, yeah. uh, with each other in the house. Uh, we did play outside over the weekend for a few minutes. Uh, they wanted to go play in the snow and they need to get out of the house. So we bravely called and, uh, went out there for uh, a few minutes. So, um, but yeah, back to, back to normal today. So it's, uh, it's good. There you go. Every, there you everything go. is good. Back, back to schedule and, and back to everything. So, Very nice. uh, glad, glad, glad that they're back. Yeah, in school. Yeah, <laughs> the routine is so helpful, right? I mean, whenever yeah. whenever they're out of their routine, they're not eating, they're not sleeping like they normally do. Nope. Um, no, it doesn't take them long to expect that either. No, 
No, it takes about 24 hours. Yeah. <laughs> it's the new norm. That's, They've forgotten all uh, about school. It, yeah, exactly. That's what it takes for them to uh, to get a new schedule. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, we're, we're back to norm- normalcy now, uh, which is nice. Definitely. Hopefully, we can get back on a normal schedule too for the podcast and, and keep it rolling. We missed last week for uh, just because of family issues or family chaos, the norm, yep. you know? But I think that today you've got a fantastic Daisy for us. <laughs> I do. So uh, I came across on my uh, my Google News feed a BuzzFeed article titled "13 Bits of Old Parenting Advice," which is seriously making me question how we even made it this far. So we are going to uh, take a look at some of these and uh, you know see what they entail. Hey, I, w- I wonder how many of them have changed. You know, how many of these are we still doing today? I'd be shocked if we were doing Um After looking through them, I, I would uh, I would be shocked. Um, and some of these are just are uh, are pretty out there. So um, yeah, let's uh, let's maybe, dive right into it. Maybe we vote at the end of it. Um, see which one we're gonna try to implement. <laughs> How, uh, what are we What are we bringing back? All right, I'll deal deal. We can we can absolutely do that. So. Uh, yeah, let's dive into it. So the first one, first one on this article, uh, old bits of parenting advice, yes. uh, give your baby, give your baby a lard bath. Um, uh, <laughs> said, wait, uh, uh, lard, lard bath. Okay. Uh, doctors used to believe that oil baths should be given to babies as soon as the cord and eyes have received proper attention. Um, they said that the baby should be covered head to toe and then rubbed clean with an old, soft linen towel. Um, yeah, what, what are your what are your thoughts on that? Why does the towel have to be old? Whatever you are massaging the oil into the skin. I agree. I think you should probably want a uh, a new soft towel yeah. uh, for that. But it says an old soft, or I mean, old side. I don't know how it can be old and soft. They usually. Kind of over time getting washed. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but yeah, uh, to rub the uh, olive oil, sweet oil, or liquid Vaseline. This is, I mean, it, so they want you to fill a bathtub with oil and put your kid in it and then rub them with a towel. So it doesn't go to specifics on, on how much, but I'm taking it like you have to put some water in there i mean you can't fill a bathtub with olive oil yeah i mean, I mean you know how expensive you, that would be you can't just go to the, you can't just go to the grocery store and buy 12 13 gallons of olive oil i mean costco's I got mean, it could, but yeah you could but you're not going to do that every week uh, could you imagine 2024 oil baths for babies i mean you've got to use evoo light um very specific I mean, it, avocado it, oil <laughs> Exactly. I mean, it even says now parents are advised to refrain from using oils or moisturizers on their babies until they're at least a month old. Um, and even then, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of not frowned upon, but just like advised against. I know like yeah. Kent had sensitive skin. She still has sensitive skin. Natalie like, too. To use a special lotion. I mean, um, I'm not dipping him in olive oil. <laughs> I tell him to go stand in the shower. I'm going to dump, you know use the extra cooking oil from dinner to go up there and you know, uh, I got some, I got some bacon grease in the fridge. Can we use bacon grease? It's lard, right? I mean, you know, get some bread and uh, Parmesan cheese after they're done with the bath. Like, what, what are Ooh. we doing here? 
<laughs> pick them up from daycare, covered in mulch, throw them in a lard bath. <laughs> like, I mean, it just, yeah, that's, that's a wild one. Man. Um, I'm not, I wonder if I'm this was sure. like, um, like a wealthy thing to do. I feel like even back in the day, that much oil would cost a ton of money. Yeah. I mean, how frequently are no, we doing well, this? Are they getting a daily oil bath? It doesn't, it doesn't give, uh, I, I mean, it, it can't be daily. There's no yeah, way. There's your, no way. Your skin wouldn't need to, your skin wouldn't need to be that moisturized. You know how slippery they'd be? You'd never be able to catch them. You'd never be able to like dry them off. Like, I mean, <laughs> you, you, their skin would just be, you know, like, you can't just clean up. If you spill olive oil on the counter, like it takes a while to get it off just because it's oil. Need something to absorb it. Yeah. Water would just bead off of them like it would on a freshly washed car. Yeah. So I, I, yeah. Mm. Yeah. This one's out. Yeah, how would you, this, how would you, oh. how would you, that's disgusting. Let's, let's put, you might, again, that in your air. Put this one to bed. This one's, yeah. All right. I, I don't know. Number two. I don't know. In the hair might be, it <laughs> might be a different story though, because then it makes like brushing hair after bath time easier. Um, does it? Probably not. I mean, if they have knots in their hair, they have knots in their hair. I mean, it's just going to be soaked with oil. Yeah. But if they're lubricated. Yeah. Uh, Put it to bed. <laughs> no more oil right. baths. No, no, no more oil baths or even lard baths. It's even worse. Yeah. Um, all right. Number two, don't be worried or angry. Doctors had a, in the early 20th century, doctors had a simple and easy way to prevent baby colic. Don't be worried or angry. If the mother worries greatly or thoughtlessly, gets very angry just before the nursing hour, it often produces not only colic in the baby, but many times throws him into severe con severe convulsions. Thoughts? Okay. Um, well, first, first, this uh, kind of reminds me of a funny conversation I had with my father and my wife. He he swears I was colicky until I was about twelve, and she still thinks I'm colicky. Um, <laughs> Maybe your mom was very worried or angry before feeding you. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like... According to this. Yeah. Uh, I, in my house, I would be the one causing our kids to be colicky. I'm the, way more stressed and anxious than Chelsea is. <laughs> it, uh, it goes on to note that the comment from the uh, writer of this article uh, makes the comment up. So after nine months of carrying a baby, childbirth, and then having a newborn, you just got to chill out. Simple. That person that wrote says, that never had in, kids. In in reality, stress or anxiety will not transfer through the breastbone into the baby. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you're 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 transferring stress and anxiety through other means, not through breast milk. I was gonna say, like, <laughs> you're gonna pick, you're gonna the baby's gonna pick up on it more through so through your actions, not yeah. like milk. Like, come on. Yeah, if your if your palms are always sweaty and you're short tempered, um, your kid's gonna pick up on that way more than. Yeah, I, I don't, not, uh, not because you're, no, obviously, like, I've, I know that, what, like, what you, depending on what you drink or what you eat before breastfeeding can, like, impact the yeah, milk I mean, taste or supply or whatever, like, okay, fine, but, like, to, to, to do, uh, you know, not being worried or angry, that's I tough. think as a, as a, as a new parent, aren't you, like, always worried? Yeah, for sure. It's like, so, like. Every, everybody should be colicky then because <laughs> all parents are worried. Yeah. Oh, man. I, uh, I mean, I feel like they're trying to get a po good point across. There's just no 
the, the science to back it up was debunked a while ago. I agree. Ago. I no. agree. I, I, I think, I think the thought, um, the thought, uh, could be there, especially, uh, in, you know, hundred years ago. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I mean, I think, yeah, I think the science just wasn't there at the time. It was probably written before they figured out that like drinking alcohol while breastfeeding wasn't a good thing. So like mom, yeah. moms and, that didn't drink alcohol while breastfeeding probably had more colicky kids. Yeah. Cause can't alcohol be I, transferred? I think so. Yeah. It's yeah. Gone, it's the whole like pump and dump thing. Like yeah. 1872 moms had a couple of ales and she's breastfeeding. That kid's fine. You know, yeah. re relaxed as ever. <laughs> exactly he's loaded but he's relaxed <laughs> <laughs> which uh which brings us to number three so this is a good time i'm, I'm glad okay. you right. glad you brought that up uh drink a pint of guinness a day if you're pregnant um now we know that it's not safe to consume alcohol if you're pregnant or trying to get pregnant in 1916 however pregnant mothers were advised to drink half or even a whole pint of guinness a day it was thought that it was a good source of iron as it turns out, Guinness isn't even that rich in iron and certainly not advised to be drunk during pregnancy <laughs> while, or while nursing. Oh, that, that's funny. That, so whenever Chelsea was um, was pregnant, one of her cravings was like a dark stout beer. So whenever, she, really? whenever the kids were born, she wanted Guinness, she wanted oatmeal stouts, she wanted porters. And okay. I mean, she'd drink one every, every now and then, but I, I think that oatmeal or oat milk is supposed to improve like the ease of breastfeeding or something. It's supposed to make change the taste or something. I don't know. So maybe an oatmeal maybe. stout is the way to go. Could work. Yeah. Very well. So this, this is, um, one of my coworkers, actually, I, I prefaced this, uh, podcast, uh, episode with her and she actually told me that it helps with supply during breastfeeding oh okay so they, they the yeast the yeast and the the beer helps with supply and she did it for a very long time so, so. chelsea with the twins having to breastfeed does that just mean that she drinks double the amount to increase the supply <laughs> i mean i guess you just drink that's the logic right? Is there, right yeah and I mean, that is logic um so I, I and i can see i see where i can see where that's coming from like we've had friends like we had uh somebody at our wedding that uh, did the whole pump and dump thing because like after yeah. a few beers, you know, so it's not I, I could, this one, this one isn't, um, the concept behind this one isn't as egregious to me as the first two, yeah. uh, that we, uh, we discussed, but, um, I think the, I, whatever, I, I, I think the science is out there, like don't drink while you're pregnant. Right. I mean, that's pretty, pretty well known. Yeah. I think that's pretty normal. I think pretty common practice. Yeah. Well, I mean, do not, we are not advising anybody to have alcohol while they're drinking, just to be clear. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Don't do it. Let, um, let's put this one to bed yeah. before we get in trouble. <laughs> before, before somebody calls us and, and tells us to, to not talk about this. You, right, you so spoke number, about number, alcohol and pregnancy. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> so number four, number four might be one of my uh, my favorite uh, descriptions on this one. Okay, um, it's don't don't hug your child. Um, that's right. Being affection, particularly physically, was an absolute no no in the late 1920s. A behaviorist advised parents to be perfectly objective with their children. They wrote, "Never hug and kiss them. Never let them sit in your lap." If you must, kiss them once on the forehead. When they say goodnight, shake hands with them in the morning. 
look, I'm not one to judge, but if you're shaking your hand, if you're shaking hands with your kid in the morning, then they're going to grow up to be a dickhead. <laughs> and then it's straight from the article. <laughs> I mean, at Which least I could give, I could give you, I, at least come up with a cool handshake. Like, don't just, you know, give them the business. No, no, this, this is, this is not a, this is not a cool handshake that you see on, you know, uh, watching uh, major major league sports, uh, if you're you know seeing a guy hit a home run coming through the dugout doing a bunch of crazy crazy handshakes, this is just your formal. Hi, good morning, son. Have a great day. Here's <laughs> that you know, that firm, son two, that, two, that, two up and down, and we're good. That boy is going to be a CEO one day, for <laughs> sure. CEO what? The be asshole a committee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, so, uh, so never, never hug your kids. Um, never show them affection. I wouldn't make I'm it a day. Sure, like, like I, I, uh, you know, I watch a lot of like crime shows. And I'm pretty sure like this creates zero killers. Yeah, by not showing affection. <laughs> oh my god! I, but, I am. Um, yeah, don't if... hug your child. If anything, I'm overly start, affectionate. Start shaking hands with Hannah and Natalie in the morning. Okay. Just not, I'm not going to be able to take them to school too. anymore. Shake they won't hands let them. They won't let me right in front of the school. teacher. <laughs> right in front of the right in front of the teacher. I want you to, instead of giving him a hug and kiss and saying having have a good day, I want you to shake hands with Hannah and Natalie as they walk into walk into class and see what the teacher says. Um, I'll try it on Monday. Or should we wait? And, <laughs> should we practice until kindergarten and then do it? <laughs> Oh, I would practice until kid. I, I mean, I practice until it's uh, until you have a doubt where she knows what's going on. Like I could, I could probably convince Ken's over like a couple weeks to do it because she wouldn't necessarily like understand. But mm -hmm. the teacher sits in the back of the classroom when I drop her off, so she wouldn't she wouldn't really see it. I'd have to like get her attention and then you know say goodbye to Ken's and shake her. <laughs> that'd be oh, oh, that'd be fantastic. That would be fantastic. That's so awkward, though. And your children are going to be so mean and heartless. Like, yeah, give give them hugs. Tell them you love them. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I I'm I'm very in dis disagreement with this one. <laughs> I, I just don't think it would ever end well. Nah, for sure. All right, what do we got next? All right, number five. Uh, which this this is an interesting one. I'm I'm looking forward to see what you have to say about this one. Don't give your child a soft name. Parents were given advice about naming their children. They advise not to give their kids names that are growing in popularity because they will grow up one of the crop. Stranger still, parents were warned against giving their kids names that were too soft. An article wrote, "Do not try too much for softness. Names like Lenora Malloy simply lack backbone." <laughs> what? Apologies to anybody oh, oh. name that eventually listens to this, but uh, that is from the article. Uh, we are not uh, making fun of anybody's names here. Uh, that is that is from the article. Don't give your child a soft name. What are your thoughts on this? I mean, that name that you, you know, just said was so unique. Like, they had a vendetta for the, sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think they're picked on somebody yeah. uh, as a kid named Lenora. Um, my, I, I think... I can agree with half of this. I can agree with the one of not giving your names, not giving your kids names that are growing in popularity. Yeah. I can agree. Like I can get on board with that because then like they don't go to school and they're, you know, they're one of like five of the same name, yeah. or, you know, whatever it is. Um, like I can get on board with that. 
Uh, you know, you always see the articles that come out at the end of the year, the you know most popular baby names of the year. Half of them I would never even consider as a name, um, but apparently millions of other people do. Uh, but I, I can get behind that, but I like I don't know what would constitute a strong name for. Honestly, like oh, I, I could I could see like a strong name for a boy. Like there's it just like you could probably think of you know five or six like strong names yeah. if you really wanted to think about it for a boy. Like what's a strong name for a girl though? Is my question. Like, what would be considered a strong name for a girl? Like, what was that? uh, Remember that old the the warrior princess? What was that old show with the wrestler? Uh, Oh yeah, remember Uh, that one? Yeah, what was? Remember whatever show that was? Like, that'd be a strong name. Zena, warrior Zena. Yeah, Yeah, something like that. Yeah, something like that. but like, what what would constitute? I'm just confused. Yeah. At what would constitute a strong name for a girl? I mean, I think that tone of, of how it's delivered would make it more make it a stronger name than just the name itself. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm with you. Like, I I feel like my name is pretty neutral. It's not strong. It's not weak. But I feel like people have said the last T with some strength behind it. <laughs> I, yeah, I agree. I think it's it's all in the delivery of like what can be strong or soft. But yeah. I, like I said I, I'd be confused at what would what this what these people back in the day would constitute as like a strong name for like a a girl. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Like for a boy, you, you know, you, you could have like the guy from Gladiator, right? Like Maximus, Ma- strong yeah. name. Yeah, strong name. Um, Iceman, strong name. <laughs> Iceman. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh I mean, man you know it is what it is i don't i don't know like what is a like a firm strong name that's not like a superhero or just anybody at daycare could be called yeah i don't know i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to ask around about this one yeah. we update next week i think so too i think so too let's, I, like I said i'd be confused at that one yeah let's let's bookmark that one I think we got to come All back right, to number, number six. This is something that we are diving into with Knox here pretty soon, but it says get straight to toilet training. Nowadays, most parents begin potty training when babies are two, two and a half. Back in the 1930s, the U.S. government put out a pamphlet telling parents that they should start potty training almost immediately after birth. They expected a child to be trained at six to eight months. There's no way. So... They can't hold their head up straight because they lack the neck muscles, but they will be able to sit on the toilet and go potty. I mean, we we were told to not start potty training until they know the vocabulary that's involved with it. And I mean, we yeah. have we have one that's that's what we did with Ken's five, and she still wears a diaper at night. Like there's no Ken still wears a diaper at night. Yeah. She's getting better with waking up dry. Um, but yeah, I mean, she still wears a, a pull up at night right now. Um. Our doctor hasn't been concerned with that yeah. or even concerned with Knox is going to be three in March and like the, the school works on it with them um, yeah. and we're going to do it at home, but he just, he just doesn't want to like, he'll sit on the right. toilet. He has no problem sitting on the toilet, but like as far as going, um, it's the issue. But I think that every kid's I, different. And I, I mean, we tried at like 18 months, 24 months, three years, and it just, whenever they were ready, they were ready. Yeah. 
so Ken's, Ken's was 18 months because I didn't want two in diapers. So just before Knox was born, we thought he'd right here. There you go. There you go. I mean, that like that worked out, but I would never, like, six to eight months. I mean, they're not even, I guess, probably not six months, but by eight months, maybe crawling? Maybe. Like, most likely, like, like rolling Ken- around. Yeah, because Ken's was, she was, she was like 15 months when she started walking. She mm-hmm. never, she never crawled. She scooted on her butt. Okay. Yeah, I think so we were, like, we were crawling somewhere between like eight and 10 months. And then walking. Yeah. Like so 13 so You need to be potty trained before you're walking, before you're even crawling. Yeah. Before yeah. you can roll over, before you, you can roll over. And they don't even make a potty training seat that small. No. First of all, like the kid would fall in. <laughs> Just get a little bucket. Yeah. <laughs> a little bucket, a little donut exactly. on top of it. <laughs> yeah, so that, that's a that's an. I, mean, nah. I wish if I could, right? Like, well, yeah, I mean, you know, my diapers is pain, but the cost of um, diapers is insane. Exactly. But yeah, that that was an interesting one. I nah. thought. I think the the kid kids are too different to put on um, standard start date. Oh, yeah. Definitely, definitely. All right, next one, number seven. Uh, this uh, this is another one that my coworker told me about that she knew about or heard from from others um and this is uh one that pertains more to uh like downtown city living in high rises uh put your baby out the window in a cage imagine you're a new parent but you live in a flat in the city how are you going to ensure that your newborn gets enough fresh air obviously the best thing to do is put them in a small cage out your window suspended multiple stories above the street that is what some parents did in the 1930s the cage could also be used as a bed and had curtains to block the draft coming from being that high up. So there's a picture. There is a picture on this with they have to be four or five stories up. There is a, there is a cage hanging <laughs> out their window, basically like off the fire escape. The bl- a blanket is down, and there is a baby laying on it. So... This had to have been before they even thought about pollute air pollution. Um, yeah, it's like cities don't have it's like 1930s, yeah, downtown five, six stories up. The air quality is not that great in New no. York. Um, I've seen these before, but like as windows for like plants and stuff, and they're not very yeah. sturdy. That's a, that's exactly what this is. That's exactly what this picture shows is, is a baby laying in that. Outside, five stories above the ground. No, no, that happened. No, I wouldn't even put my guinea pigs out one of those in the city. I don't even know right. if I would do it off the first floor window of my house right now. <laughs> I mean, I mean, like, I mean, may, maybe with like a two-year-old, like toss knocks in one and see how long it holds up. But on the first floor, obviously. But like, uh, yeah, I, a baby. Not, I, I would. Yeah. No. I would never think about doing it if up that high. No, heck no. Heck no. You turn around and then all of a sudden you look back and oh, no cage, no baby. I mean, I'm, baby just free fell. I'm terrified of heights and I was not subjected to that. Like, and then what do you, like, if you give them like a little Rattler or something to consume themselves and they toss it out the cage. Oh, that's a fit. Somebody on the head and you're dead. Death by baby rattler. <laughs> I mean, come on! You're walking. You're walking down. Uh, 
the mag mile in Chicago and all of a sudden you get hit by a baby rather and you look up and there's a kid hanging out the window in a cage. Just waving at you. How <laughs> many years do you think you'd go to prison for if you did that nowadays? Oh, I don't know. Man. I mean, you definitely don't so see they lock you up and throw away the key. No, they I lock think, you up and throw away the key. I think they just take the kids from you. You're no longer a parent anymore. <laughs> You're definitely getting thrown in the jail. Man. <laughs> I read it in the BuzzFeed <laughs> article, <laughs> Judge. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> they used to do it in the 1930s, so it has to be good now. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know. I'm out on that. That terrifies me. That would that'd be scary. Yeah. That would definitely be scary. All right. This might be a uh, another contender for a uh, a wild one. Mm. Um, number eight: Ignore your crying babies, or they will become socialists. In the '60s, some doctors warned that mothers who did not impose a schedule on her child would create the adult who expects others to bail him out of trouble. Doctor Walter Sackett Jr. went even further with a bold prediction, writing, "If we teach our offspring." To expect everything to be provided on demand, we must admit the possibility of sowing the seeds of socialism. Or so, of, of socialism, doctors thus advise parents, specifically specifically mothers, to walk away from crying babies and ignore them both night and day. At least we at least we know what to blame our hypercapitalist society on. It's the socialist <laughs> uh, resistant parenting strategies of the sixties. Oh my goodness. Um, I think that like every time one of my kids, I don't know, probably from like two and a half to now, whenever they throw a tantrum, I'm like ready to walk away. But like at five, I walk away to a certain point. Yeah, for sure. I walk like, away to a certain point, and then you kind of, if depending on the tantrum that they're throwing. Yeah, but if they're in pain, crying, no, you kind of <laughs> like soothe them. Yeah, if they're pissed off because their sister threw a Barbie at them and it didn't hurt. Figure it out. Exactly. <laughs> Figure it exactly. out. Exactly. Uh, I mean, you know, now I might just I might just have to comfort him. I don't want him to grow up to be a socialist. Yeah, I know. I got got a got a comfort. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Um Yeah, that's a good I one. Like, I mean I can see like in the height of the sixties. I mean yeah. that, that's the whole, you know, Cold War era. I mean I can see it. I, yeah. I don't Dad dads were a lot be... a lot tougher then in the sixties, I think. Yeah. I think, I think that, that, and then, that yeah, was... I think anything new. Anything to add to the mass hysteria of time, right? I mean, yeah. if you're going to free people out on um, Cold War tactics and then freak people out that if they uh, if they uh, soothe their crying baby, they're going to grow up to be a, a Russian uh, spy or something. Man. Move to Moscow. Yeah. I mean, how, how long do you think you could walk away from your six-month-old that's crying? So, depending on the situation, like if you're sleep training them, yeah. Right? Like make them soothe themselves back to sleep. Mm -hmm. I think it's different, but um, you know, if they, they're hurt or like need something and uh, they're six month old, I don't know, minute, yeah, 45 I mean, seconds. Yeah. I, there's no <laughs> way. Like, let's I just say Ken's, Ken's, Ken's and Knox are not going to be uh, socialists when they grow up. Yeah. <laughs> at least from the early stages. I mean, right? if, if you're setting the bar at a minute, I'm taking the under. Yeah. On a crying sick oh, yeah. people. Definitely. Like, Definitely. Sorry. Definitely. <laughs> exactly. All right. Number nine. This one I've I've heard of other things, and I'm sure you have too, but um this one says babies were given opium to soothe their teething. Which I've heard of like brandy and 
like yeah old time parents use it um you know using like alcohol to yeah. do it so I, it's not dipping their finger but like, and then rubbing on the gums. opium like i don't really I, I i i don't know i guess i mean we learned about opium back in social studies class when you yeah. learn about like the expansion of like california and everything but um like i don't know what that would be in relation to like a today drug was like, it wasn't opium used as it's like poppy seeds medicine though in like eastern culture yeah yeah um, so um here during the 1800s mrs winslow's soothing syrup was sold to parents in need of calming their teething babies what's really quite harrowing about it is that they didn't realize it contained morphine and it's believed to have been the cause of death cause of death across america um, these remedies were supposed supposedly packaged in dainty bottles and given comforting names. So, like this one, obviously, there's you can't like you know morphine is basically what they give people in hospitals yeah. nowadays. Like you can't yeah. give it to a baby. Um, yeah. So I I do think what you said is right. Like opium was used in in medicinal purposes, mm-hmm. and then it was obviously grown into you know something else that was more druggy related. Way or, more. Yeah, potent. Well, I, I mean, I think that so, this has kind of evolved, right? Right. So, I mean, way back yeah. when it was used, opium was used to soothe, and then alcohol was used to soothe, and now, you know, we coddle because they took all yeah. the all the drugs away from the kids. So exactly. Like, exactly. So that, that I mean, that one, like you said, that one didn't strike me as, as too odd. Um, yeah, I think I think knowing what like, we know right. about it, it sounds pretty ridiculous. But they didn't know. Yeah, exactly. It was that. just another medicinal purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing, nothing crazy about that one. All right, number ten: delicate chi- delicate children should drink chocolate milk. And this one gets interesting. If your if your baby or toddler had a delicate stomach, it was advised for them to have what is essentially chocolate milk and bread. This is the recipe: Cadbury's cocoa essence made with equal parts of boiling water and fresh milk, slightly sweetened with a lump of sugar, is an admirable food for a delicate child. Bread and butter should should be eaten with it. Um, I mean, it sounds like a pretty good little meal, but I don't like if you have a delicate stomach. I don't like that would kind of wouldn't like the butter yeah. and the chocolate aspect and the, like milk too. Kinda. Yeah, there's a lot of dairy going on there that's going to mess with a delicate stomach. Like if my if my stomach's all jacked up, I'm not going to go grab a glass of milk. Yeah, and I mean, could you Maybe imagine? Some dry bread. Could you imagine doing that today with everybody's gluten intolerance? <laughs> <laughs> exactly uh you'd have to be drinking like uh soy milk or something. yeah um, um this i mean this sounds pretty good to me like i would drink some chocolate milk but i want it cold well, that's why the, are they boiling it i yeah i don't know It'd be like hot chocolate essentially yeah I mean, my kids love um, hot chocolate the the writer makes a comment uh i'm not gonna lie i probably would have loved this meal when i was a kid yeah for sure I'm gonna. I, if I have stomach issues, though, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna eat that. But you know, whenever I come home from school, whenever I'm, I don't know, daycare, whatever it is, and my tummy hurts, I'm getting some hot chocolate and some bread with butter. And every day, I've got a tummy ache. <laughs> You're, yeah, exactly. You're getting like uh, some ginger ale and dry bread or yeah. dry toast. You're not or some saltine crackers. You're not. Uh, and put some butter on that, some chocolate, some milk. Oh, man, that's recipe for disaster. I got chronic stomach issues at two years old because all I wanted <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, number 11. Uh, this one uh, is interesting also. Physically restrain them to stop 
to stop them from sucking their thumb. According to a 1920s book, thumb sucking, finger sucking, or pacifier sucking are all filthy habits and should be early discouraged. The book goes on to suggest that a variety of solutions for this filthy habit, the ends of the fingers and edges of the nails may be painted with a solution of aloes or quinine? 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 Quinine, yeah. Quinine. Uh, in extreme cases, a splint may be placed on the anterior bend of the elbow, thus preventing the possibility of raising the hand to the mouth. What? <laughs> Basically bracing, bracing the arm straight so they can't bend their elbow to get their fingers to their mouth. That's horrible. Uh, <laughs> we never had any issues with, with thumb sucking. We had pacifiers for sure, but they were easy to kind of wean them off of them. But we, uh, yeah, we never had an issue. I mean... The kids, they put their hands in their mouth, but not, they're not like sucking on their thumb or anything. Yeah. It, it's more so like a nervous habit of yeah. theirs. Like they'll put, they'll put their hands in their mouth, but like sucking on them, no. Um, Ken's always had a pacifier. Uh, it was relatively easy to um, wean her off that. We told her we sent them to Mickey, uh, Mickey Mouse, and uh, she gave him, Mickey gave him to other kids. So like that was fine. And then Knox just never wanted one, so he never got one. Yeah, good for him. Um, and I, I mean, but, as uh, long as you're cleaning your kids and cleaning the pacifiers, like this isn't really an issue until they get into daycare and then hand, foot, and mouth becomes a thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, especially when like they're teething, it like, Ken's it really helped her like the sucking aspect to when they were yeah. teething and everything. But um, yeah, never uh, physically restrain them. So. Uh, buy some uh, straight jackets and uh, zip ties and uh, some splints, apparently, to uh, not allow them to bend their elbow. But can we do these things whenever they're whenever they're having issues with um, listening? Know, listening? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just make them make them like stick figures walking yeah. around the house. Now that way, they can't they, bend your arms. They can't hit Good you. Whenever I'm taking them to timeout. Exactly. Good luck. <laughs> All right, number number twelve. This one, uh, this one borderlines the, um, I guess, the efficiencies of travels with a kid. Uh, babies and toddlers should never be put in a stroller. Some some used to advise mothers never to put their babies or toddlers in a. They use a different word for a stroller, but saying they must be held instead. Henry Chavez wrote, "If he be put in a stroller, he is cold and unsupported, looking at the very picture of misery, seeking everywhere for a test." and comfort and finding time he is all he also said that they would like they would like a child or wait they would they would like a child to cause them to be oh this would this would make a child uh crooked and round shouldered um <laughs> it goes on to say it looks like Chavez had a personal vendetta against strollers because he also said this about them they are a public nuisance in as much as they are wheeled against and between people's legs and they and are a fruitful source of breaking of shins or spreading of ankles uh of the crushing of corns and the ruffling of tempers of the foot foot passengers who unfortunately come within their reach um <laughs> this guy just had a vendetta against strollers this is the same guy I, that had an issue with the uh, lenora name right He's, i believe so yes he ran into somebody named lenora pushing a stroller and <laughs> oh. <laughs> I mean, it's just a matter of convenience. Like, yeah. If you have two young kids that are like not efficiently walking yet, I mean, the stroller is a game changer. And, I go mean, to Disney, the stroller is a game changer to get in and out. 
for sure. But it's also like my kids love taking naps in strollers. They hated taking that oh, yeah. on me. Oh yeah. No. Yeah. I don't I don't uh, this one's a little yeah, this one's a little interesting. Like I said, this guy was probably wronged by somebody in a yeah. stroller. Um, probably, you know, I don't know about breaking shins of somebody coming at you at like twenty five miles an hour with their stroller. What were strollers I mean, made out of then? <laughs> back then, seems like they were made like an old Cadillac DeVille. Yeah. And just boats. Huh. Or uh, what's that? Um, what's that? That movie where they're all? I can't. I'll think of it later. With all the dads in the strollers. No, the one? the wild movie like Fury Road or something. Uh, oh, um, Mad Max. Yeah, Mad Max. Strollers look like Mad Max. <laughs> exactly. They're gonna. They're gonna, spikes are gonna come out the wheels and just gonna run. You know, run somebody over. Yeah. I think it's just, a, I think that's absolutely absurd. Yeah, I mean, that, yeah, it's that's... a matter of convenience. Um, the way they make strollers nowadays, they're pretty sleek and slender um, to get in and out. I know like our side-by-side stroller was built to fit through basically 95% of doorways. Yeah, and then whenever um, you're not using so... it, it's collapsible, hiding under the bed. And the oh, yeah. Trunk they're, of the car. yeah, they're very, they're very easy to, to take down and everything. Take the barbed wire um, off of it, you know. Take, yeah. Take the, so. <laughs> take the curb. Exactly. Yeah. Take Exactly. You know, take all the weapons off of it. All right. Number 13, the final one, um, which I know just from, you know, having friends with kids and, and, and us going through this and everything, this is an interesting one. Um, and everybody probably has a different opinion on it, but babies should start eating solids from day two. Just like toilet training, back then they were also pretty keen on babies getting to grips with adult food far quicker than the current advice says. Here's what some advised. Cereal should begin on the second or third day. Strained vegetables at 10 days. Strained meats at 14 days. Fruit juice at three weeks. Cod liver oil at four weeks. Eggs at five weeks. Sweets such as uh, sweets such as fruits, custard, and puddings at six weeks. And bacon and eggs at nine weeks. For reference, doctors now advise weaning to begin at six months. Uh, and that salty food like bacon or sugary foods like custard puddings and fruit juices should be given should should not be given to be. Um, it's just a choking hazard. They don't yeah. know, like they don't know how to use their abilities yet. Yeah, but that baby at nine weeks getting some bacon and eggs is a happy camper for sure. I'm say he might choke on the bacon, but he's going to be happy <laughs> with, with it going down and then him spitting it back up. Yeah. Oh man, that's yeah. terrifying. I, I yeah, I, I could never I mean, I forget when we started the kids on like the baby food and then you know once they started getting a few teeth, I think we started it introducing like not harder but avocado more solid. Yeah, yeah, like softer, yeah, uh more Brambled solid eggs. foods, but strained yeah, I mean meat. I here's the thing, strained meat. I ew. I, I don't what even is, want what to is know. What, did you guys ever puree meat? No. For the girls? Mm-hmm. So we tried to make pureed chicken one time, made it, and we threw it out because the consistency of it was disgusting. Oh, I can imagine. Like a ch- <laughs> chicken smoothie? Ugh. It was disgusting. Ugh. It was it was, it was was terrible. But um, So one of the first ones that we talked about, so maybe it was number two, about colicky babies and breastfeeding and moms just need to chill. Yeah. Could you imagine... At day two, giving them solids, the stress in that house, every baby's colicky. I, I, exactly. Like, I don't, I don't know what you would, like, this says cereal. What, in what world 
what cereal do you start off with? Oh, Captain Crunch, That's for like, sure. Build up that scar tissue. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to see what like a dentist would have to say about this. Oh, goodness. Like, it would definitely, like, it would it'd have to ruin some of your gums, right? I think so. I think or so. Or it just become like calloused in there. Yeah. Like, and your teeth aren't going to come through. <laughs> Like, yeah, I mean, like, when they talk like cereal, like, if you give a, like, a, a Rice crispy, remember, like, the Rice crispy cereal, like, where it, like, kind of just dissolves? But I think cereal it, back like then said, was different, too. I think it was more, like, um, more oatmeal consistency, grits consistency, though. Yeah. I mean, it was hard enough trying to keep the bottle in the baby's mouth, let alone them figure out how to take down some strained vegetables. <laughs> And isn't there so much nutrition that goes into like breast milk and formula that is required yeah. for brain development? Well, uh, that's probably what the that's probably what the cod liver oil at four weeks. Oh yeah, for. you know you got to get your, um, <laughs> your omega don't, they, they don't like they don't like the taste of milk, but let's uh, let's give them some uh, cod liver oil. Oh, so can you imagine what um, what baby spit up would smell like? I know what babies babies fit up smell like with the formula. Yeah, that was enough. Like I don't need them. I don't need like cod liver oil or strained meat breath. No, I, mean, I don't like that one. Yeah, I, yeah. That's that's disgusting. <laughs> that is that is bad. Yeah, that that one can go. Yeah, some some cod liver oil and strained meat. Ugh. Ugh. I mean, do you season Man, the strained meat with the cod liver oil? Two weeks in, here you go, son. Here's a strained fillet. Here's the the bone-in, dry-aged fillet. Yeah, do you, here we go. Are you pureeing it before you cook it and then straining it, or are you cooking it, pureeing I, it? I think you have to cook it first, yeah, right? Like you can't, like you can't, like puree. I mean, I guess that would technically be like a ground. Well, I mean, if you did like chicken, it'd be like a ground meat, but it'd be even like thinner. With today's technology, I mean, I'm grinding it and then putting it in a bag and sous viding it. Sous viding is that? Um, but I mean, I'm I'm putting like garlic, Italian seasoning. Some we're gonna make I mean, some. I, don't, I think that'd be I think that'd be perfectly acceptable. I mean, yeah, those are good seasonings. You got cod liver oil in here. <laughs> oh, no, thank you. Yeah, no, this is. No, I thank you. I think this is a choking hazard, a stress hazard, and it's just gross. It's got to be like some sort of a health hazard, unlike the, the gums too. Yeah, like for it, sure. It can't be good for your gums. Yeah, it's probably That's worse for your gums than a pacifier. Absolutely. Unless that pacifier is pacifiers are <laughs> pacifiers are soft. Yeah. Not uh, not this stuff. All right, so yeah, those are uh, thirteen bits of old parenting advice. Man, um, is there is there one that you think is absolutely asinine that uh, you can't believe people did, and then is there one that uh, you think could reasonably be used today? I'm. I think the most ridiculous one I think is the baby out the window cage. Yeah, no, I definitely think that I'm getting rid of that one. Yeah, that, I mean, there's just a whole aspect of safety there. Yeah, um, for me, yeah, that that's a uh, that's a uh, that's an interesting one. Is there is there one though that you think is not not too unreasonable? 
that you could get behind for uh, for today's day and age? Um, I you know the science I think is is not great on it, but I like the "don't be worried or angry" one. But I think that yeah, you, not as like a mom breastfeeding thing, just as parents in general. Uh, I think that yeah. we put a lot of stress on ourselves and we get a little short tempered and frustrated and irritable. Um, I would agree with that. I, th- I think that's a that's a good point. Not in the essence that they're using it, but like be less worried. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that there's you definitely know, a lot of there's a lot of worries that go on. Kids know, are resilient. pretty resilient too. I mean, they you know bones break and stuff like that, but you know they're they're pretty resilient and they like to figure out things on their own, and it makes them a little tougher. Yeah, I think you know going back to like. Uh, kids and, and babies being resilient. I think the the first time you see that is when the baby's born and you see a doctor handle your kid for the first time. Yeah, for sure. I mean, <laughs> it's like it's like, what are you doing? Like, be gentle. Take it easy. You hear all these things about you got to like, you know, hold the neck and and all this other stuff and like, be gentle with the baby. And then all of a sudden, the doctor, you know, has the baby pulled out and everything. It's like, oh, oh, are we not being gentle today? Or you know, what's going on here? Let's see. I'm going. Yeah, they they definitely they definitely are resilient. What's your That's for sure. what's your least favorite out of these? Which one are you putting to bed forever? I think my le- I think my least favorite would be the window cage one. Just like you said, for the safety aspect yeah. of it. Um, I think some of these are like just wild in the aspect of the thoughts behind them, right? Like ignore your growing babies and become socialists, or. Um, you know, don't hug your kids. Um, you know, the delicate stomach one w- was interesting. Um, but I think for me, like to throw it out, like no chance and, you know, no chance you'd be able to get away with doing it today or try to convince somebody it would be okay to do today because the world would erupt in chaos. Mm-hmm. If you, you know, put this out there publicly, um, would definitely be the baby in the cage one, uh, out the window. Um, the one I think I can probably get behind is is along the same as you is the 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 word and, and angry one, but also I don't necessarily disagree with the uh, don't give your child a soft name argument. And yeah. I like the point about the growing popularity of a certain name, um, and like I think you can give your kid a strong name, but I don't know. Like we said, I don't know what would constitute a strong name in like a female name yeah right like a like for a, a boy's name you could yeah there's probably you know you ask anybody and they give you a list of five strong names essentially for a boy but i, I would love to know what would would constitute a strong girl name but i do like the aspect of giving them names that are not growing in popularity yeah um, i think the old- more unique and I think that the the trendy name thing, where like everybody's name from a certain year or a couple years ends with like L E Y or L I E, like I think is there a certain name? Is there a certain name that you grew up with that was very common among not only your friends but across the across like school and everything? I think Chris was probably the most most common name in my like younger years. Okay. Uh, but I mean, that's I like, say Chris and like Mike too. Yeah. I feel like we, a lot of Mike's, Mike's yeah. and Chris's. And then as far as girls, there was a lot of, I feel like I knew a lot of Sarah's. I knew a lot of Sarah's and I think Heather too. I think Heather was. Yeah. That was a popular one. 
that was definitely a popular no, one. Think about like the the three strongest women you know. Do you think that their names contribute to their strength and personality? No, because I mean, I don't think the name has anything to do with it. Yeah. Because like I you could take you could take two people if you if you think um one name is particularly strong you can know somebody else that is not i guess as strong yeah. as that person same that name i mean like but they're yeah, uh, same name i don't think that they're delicate we'll need hot chocolate name. and bread yeah exactly you know like i mean you could have one justin that's a very strong name and you have one justin that that you said likes to uh, soothe his, his bad tummy with uh some chocolate milk and bread and butter yeah and takes olive oil baths uh, you got soft skin, man. <laughs> I do have soft skin. I wonder if my parents said that as a kid. <laughs> I'll have to I'll have to ask if we got any olive oil bass as a yeah. kid. Oh, I was, we were always like, uh, did your parents ever tell you like if you get sprayed by a skunk, like you gotta take a tomato bath? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That was really, And it was like, why was, is why is this something that we're talking oh, about? Oh. I've never seen a skunk. <laughs> Just to be prepared. Yeah. Why don't why don't you teach me how to find poison ivy instead of avoid skunks and get rid of the smell? I I would yeah like can we do a remedy for poison ivy? Maybe it's like, it's definitely definitely lard bath. Maybe yeah, it's definitely. Hey mom, dad, I, I walked through the forest. Can you go? Can you go fill the bathtub with some avocado <laughs> and olive oil, please, for me? Um, and you know maybe throw throw a little tub of lard in there, and, and we'll be good. Hey, you remember that life um, life size or. What am I trying to say? The lifetime supply of lard that you picked up at Costco? Yeah, exactly. Dunk me in it. Can you imagine going to Costco and, and going up to the, the checkout line and, and just having one of the uh, the pallet carts just full of uh, like olive oil or avocado oil and then looking at you and then, the, you know, you go to, go to the, uh, the door to leave and the guy's got to check your receipt. He's like, sir, you really just bought 55 cases of olive oil uh yeah uh do you mind me asking what are you using it for kid needs a bath tonight so we're <laughs> it's, it's bath night we've got five kids we're throwing them all in exactly it's family bath time <laughs> we haven't bathed them in a month so they're they're getting a nice olive oil bath right oh goodness and, uh, yeah we're gonna go from there but yeah, I, I I thought all of these were were interesting in their in their own rights. I thought some of them were just wildly uh, crazy. I think I think the socialist one is kind of funny, but yeah. uh, given that it was in the nineteen sixties, you know, I could definitely see where the hysteria was coming from from that. Um, and then you know, like don't hug your child and shake their hands. I, I think that's fantastic. Um, would love to just start doing that in front of people to see what they what they would think. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I I it's like some of the. You know, I, I think also, you know, we're going to get to a point, call it 50 years from now, where people are going to look back at stuff that we do and think it's absolutely asinine. Oh, yeah. Um, like leashes? Which, which was, yeah. Like the, all the parents with the leashes on their kids. Oh. Interesting. You know, I had <laughs> very, I, I, I feel like there's a time and a place whenever it's appropriate. But if you're just using it for convenience, <laughs> Nah. If you're going to a non-crowded event and you're just walking around the neighborhood with your kid on a leash, I'm sorry. 
You need to I be mean, locked up with the cage, that's, the cage people. That parrot probably started potty training at six months and needs poop bags everywhere they go. Yeah, they uh, they probably did that, and they uh, they definitely didn't hug their kid. That's nah. for sure. Nah. So might be might be a socialist when they grow up. This <laughs> this list was awesome. This list was really. I mean, I can't wait to see what what they write about whenever we're old. Yeah, it'll be it'll be definitely interesting to see what uh, what people find interesting about uh, today's uh, today's practices. But no. uh, oh, I thought I thought that was enjoyable. Uh, you know. Um, some talking points and everything. I'm glad we got to discuss that. So it was a, uh, a good time. And uh, yeah, any final thoughts? I got to run to Ace. I hope they sell lard. Um, give me some. Uh, yeah, give me some olive oil and maybe some uh, bread and butter. Yeah, I'll just I'll get you well, some. And that's quick. That's quick. I'm gonna uh, get you the, the supplies you need to make a window cage. That's what I'm gonna do. Perfect. No, I would love that. So yeah, send send those up. I'll put it out back. We don't face anybody in the back, so we can't get the cops called. Oh, there you us. go. Perfect. And uh, maybe maybe we'll get some pictures of Knox in the cage, and um, you know, see how it works out. And uh, if he falls, it's only like two feet, so yeah. it won't be that right. bad. But I appreciate it. I'll look forward to that shipment <laughs> overnight. It'll be there tomorrow. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. Have a good one, everybody. Bye.